Hi everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And on this week, we somehow find a way to get our, our hearts ripped out of us before we were born <laughs> as we watch the Louisiana Tech Oklahoma Sweet 16 game from 1985. Very, uh, very fitting to have my heart ripped out before I was even born. You know, it's very on brand. But yeah, so this was a game I didn't know much about going in other than Carl Malone played in it. That was really the only thing I knew and ended up doing a bit of research after watching the game that put it in more context. Uh, what did y'all know about this going in? Um, all I know is that, well, we had lost Oklahoma twice that year, uh, once during the regular season. And then, spoiler, you know, in uh, the Wait, Sweet we lose game. this game that I just watched earlier today? Ooh, Damn it, Josh. It's a, it's a shocker, it, Josh. Man. <laughs> it's- um, I... I only knew I read um, Teddy Allen's piece about it. He wrote something uh, maybe two or three years ago about the ball. I think it was titled like, is that ball still on the rim or something like that? (laughs) Oh man. um, So I've seen, I've seen the end of the game a few times. Like I think I watched a YouTube clip of the end of the game a few years back. And, you know, we've all, we've all heard of Carl Malone obviously in his time at tech, but I didn't really know just how good they were that season. And yeah, I think we're going to get into it here in a little bit, but they were really good. Really good. Yeah. And like most college basketball teams and I guess sports teams in general, being really good first starts with the coach and Louisiana tech had a pretty good one in Andy Russo. Good segue. Yeah. And we're good. We're getting better. Your, your new mic is giving you new announcer skills. Soon. I will have unlimited power. So he's taking, <sighs> he, he will, uh, Assimilate Dave Nitz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that one. Yeah, there is so no response. Andy Russo, who's not one of the Russo brothers who made the Avengers movies, Are is a different sure, guy. Though? Yeah. Uh, I, I checked the birth certificates and they don't match. So, oh. and also <laughs> different first name, but whatever. So, in the early 1970s, so a decade or so before this game, he was coaching. Uh, he was really the assistant coach at a high school and he was just in charge of coaching a ninth grade basketball team near Chicago. A couple years later, he landed his first collegiate gig in Texas, of all places, at Panola Community College. Spent three years there going 47 and 18, making the NJCAA tournament, the junior college NCAA tournament, basically. And then Tech saw how good he was there and hired him on to a program that had not been all that great historically, for the men's side of it, at least. Well, at that point, the women's side had just started. So yeah, uh, they started in the in the mid-70s and... They were good by the end of the 70s. But yeah, the men's team historically was not that great at that point. Yeah, I read an interview with him. So he was hired at Tech in 1979. And he said in his first year, he was kind of shocked because like a lot of places, you would have a doubleheader with the women's game and then the men's game. But what would happen is people would go to the women's game, the arena would be packed, then everyone would go home while the men's team is warming up. He said <laughs> apparently even the uh, the pep band left. I guess the hoop troop, if it was called wow. at the time, left wow. before the men's <laughs> games. That's depressing. Yeah. And he had some not so kind things to say about Rustin at that time. But I mean, I also get it <laughs> to an extent. It's really hard to blame him for for being a little like, oh, come on, guys, really? You're, you're leaving when this game is getting started <laughs> about the whole ordeal. Yeah. But then he got a really good recruit named Carl Malone, who I guess was technically recruited by Andy Russo, but he only ended up at Tech because of his mom. Had y'all heard this story? No, I have not. So apparently Carl Malone wanted to go to Arkansas and Arkansas was recruiting him pretty heavily, but his mom did not want him to leave and go too far away from Summerfield, Louisiana, where they lived. And so 
she basically told Russo, okay, you've got my son going to your school, go recruit a team around him. Then one day, Andy Russo was doing some other coaching stuff. I think he said he just lost out on a recruit from Shreveport and Carl Malone's mom called him and said, a guy from Arkansas is coming right now to come sign him. You better get over here and, and make him sign papers first. And so <laughs> Russo oh, drove wow. over to Summerfield, got Carl Malone to sign with tech and then saw the Arkansas coach driving uh, in towards Summerfield on his way out. So oh, he had wow. just barely beat him in signing Malone. <laughs> wow. The story takes Shout away out. any agency from Carl to do anything he wanted to do. Shout right. out to Carl Malone's mom. But all's well that all's well that ends well. Man, something so, yeah. I didn't notice though in the broadcast. I mean, I believe Russo was only 36 that year in 85. I mean, that's still young for a head coach, really. And Tech was his first major coaching gig, I guess. Like he'd only been head coach at one other place, and it was a junior college. I guess if yeah. you're as bad as Tech was, then you just like you start taking flyers on people, and it yeah. worked out. Yeah, exactly. He ended up leaving after this year, after this 1985 season. This would be the last game he coached for Tech. Uh, University of Washington offered him a job, and then he yeah. left after four years when things weren't going as well as they thought they would be. Yeah, you know, seems to be a common thread about coaches leaving Tech, but you know. <laughs> and a uh, fun fact about Andy Russo: when I googled him, he popped up on FAU site because he back in 2003 was hired as their alumni club director. Oh, wow. Same guy. Just keeping it in the Kusa family, I guess, before either of these schools were in Kusa. <laughs> he saw the future. Yeah. So, yeah. So going into this a little bit, 1984, the year before this game happened, uh, tech made the tournament something I'd, I don't think I was aware of that either. I, I knew tech was good in the eighties in basketball because of Carl Malone, but I wasn't realizing how, how much they were able to do in the 80s that they weren't able to do in the 2010s. Hmm. Yeah, I, did, the I didn't know they were that good in 84 as well either. Yeah, they, they made the tournament as a 10 seed after beating ULM, who was Northeastern Louisiana at the time, and Lamar in the conference tournament to win that conference tournament and upset seven seed Fresno State, the Bulldogs, in the first round before falling to Houston the next week, or I guess didn't, a couple of days later. Wasn't that like old five slam and jamma years at Houston when they went to uh, the national tournament? Or national title game. You know way more about college basketball history than I do, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think that '84 season was the last year that the NCAA tournament had. I think 48 teams. Yeah, I looked at the bracket for it, and it was they had play-in games and then first-round buys. Yeah, which were really yeah. two first-round buys. And it was. Yeah, just I don't know if crazy. you noticed uh, during the broadcast of the game we watched, but at halftime they interviewed the athletic director of TCU um, who was the head of the search or the selection committee. And they were asking him all about the 60, the brand new 64 team tournament uh, field and how they thought it was going. And, you know, they said, Oh, he said, Oh, well, there were a lot of games last weekend, but everybody seemed to like it. And I was like, yeah, literally (laughs) everyone loves that. (laughs) That's the best at NCAA football. (laughs) They'll figure it out eventually. I promise. Were you able to find out what you were looking for, Josh? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, the 84 team that beat Tech uh, was the runner-up. So they oh, lost to yeah. Georgetown in the final. That was, yeah. So we can say that Tech was number team. three in the whole nation. That year. <laughs> I mean, no you one's going to dispute You can't say they it. weren't number You can't <laughs> say they were any better than number three anyway. All right. So, yeah, in uh, after that finish in 1984, finishing in the second round of the tournament, Tech honestly went on a tear to start the 85 season. They won nine games in a row. Uh, they beat number six Louisville in a tournament in Lexington, Kentucky, and you know won those first nine games before facing off with Oklahoma in another tournament. 
Um, so Oklahoma handed the Bulldogs their first loss of the season, 84 to 72, in a game that would be mentioned over and over and over again in the broadcast that we watched. Yep. But then they they continued on that tear, won a bunch more games, and only lost one more the whole rest of the way uh, to Lamar, who was really, really good, turns out, back then. I was like, Lamar? What the hell? Because I only know them from Tech playing them in football a while back uh, and, and beating them pretty bad. But apparently they were really good in the 80s at basketball. So yeah, They were also in the Southland Conference with Tech and had won that conference, or at least made the NCAA tournament for the past five years before Tech got that auto bid wow. in 1984. Yeah. They, they never got very far, or they never, maybe they made it to the Sweet 16 at the furthest. They never made a, a full Cinderella run, but they were constantly in at least that first round. Yeah, so so then Tech, uh, after that loss to Lamar, finished out the regular season on a nine-game win streak, and then entered the conference tournament, and beat ULM 72 to 70 in overtime and then wow. beat Lamar 70 to 69 to win the conference championship. So two really close games. Um, and they played some close games along the way too, uh, in the regular season. But yeah, those were two nail biters for sure, uh, to get that auto bid locked up. Um, what happened once they got to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think it's also worth mentioning too that uh, guess who hosted the tournament that year in '85 for the conference? It was Tech. Those oh, games wow. were they, the let tech. they let them host the conference. Yeah, Why? I mean the Tech was three years old at that point, so you my might lord, as well... is that legal? <laughs> make it legal. Maybe that's what we have to do: is tear down the Tech and build a new arena. <laughs> you name it Tech Two. Tech Two Tattoo. Tech. Nathan, didn't you write an article about moving the Tech to other places? I, I wrote an article <laughs> about building several other. It can be done. We have technology. (laughs) So also of note during that regular season, Tech actually was ranked as high as eighth in the AP poll. Um, They entered that. Yeah, right. Top 10. I I would do so many terrible things for that. (laughs) They first, they entered the polls for the first time in on December 18th and then never left them the rest of the way. Uh, The last. Oh my God. Actually, they made it as high as seventh in oh my God. February twenty sixth, but then fell back to eighth in the final rankings in March. So, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, um, can't take but it. Of course, Tech being Tech, somehow the NCAA selection committee decided that being number eight overall in the country meant that we got a five seed. Dumb. So I'm mad about that, even though I wasn't born yet, but still. Uh, Feels like feels like a little disrespect. I there. mean, the committee still does that same dumb shit these days too. Yeah, this this year they were gonna have to give Dayton a one seed, so they just canceled the whole thing. They, they brought COVID to the U.S. They're like, no, 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 no mid major as a one seed, impossible. Right. <laughs> Fun fact: it's not the worst conspiracy theory I've heard recently. But yeah, yeah that eighty-five <laughs> tournament, Tech entered as a five seed, which again disrespect, but at least they got placed in the Midwest regional that was uh, hosted in Dallas. So when they yeah. played Oklahoma in this game, it it was kind of in between the two, and you had a large contingent of both crowds. Man, both yeah. crowds. I had to look up where the game was because I was like, "Damn, there's a lot of tech fans." Can there. we talk about how cool that old school Mavs logo is? I though? knew you were going to bring it up. Yeah, I had in my notes that Josh was going to bring up. <laughs> it's one of my like. Oh, wait, I, I have to rep too now, right? Dallas, yeah, go, Woo. go, go, Mavs. You don't have to rep the Cowboys. I don't like. No, the Cowboys. oh well, I'm absolutely not doing that. But you can cheer for the Mavs. Or the stars, no. Luca Magic, not. baby. 
Yeah, I mean, they mentioned on the broadcast also to bring up Dallas-related things that Tech was in the conference, in the Southland conference, also with UTA, which is Evan's new home. So, (gasps) Well, Catherine's new home. Yeah, well. 85 was the last year of UTA football. Man, the strings between me and Tech (laughs) and UTA are just crossing here. There's a a conspiracy. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that 85 tournament, number five seed, Midwest region. They kind of beat the daylights out of both Pittsburgh and Ohio State. Yes, the Ohio State. Where's the trademark? To the Sweet 16. Was it trademarked at the time, though? Yeah, they were just an Ohio State back then. <laughs> yeah. It was unclear which Ohio State University you were talking about. Um, Go yeah, I'm glad they cleared that up. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, and, and it really seemed like they didn't have a ton of trouble in those two games, right? It, they weren't particularly close. Pitt, they blew out 78 to 54 and then Ohio state, they, they won 79 to 67. So, I mean, those, those games weren't as close as the conference tournament was the week before at the least. Southland, Southland conference was like, that's where it was at. That's where it was Apparently. at back in the day. I mean, we said that tech only beat Lamar by a point, but they took ULM to overtime. That game, it was a two point game that ended after overtime. Those games were close. Tech barely got by that tournament unscathed. And then, took on a big East and a big 10 opponent and just wiped the floor with them. Uh, yeah. What a time. Yeah. But then came number one seed, number four overall Oklahoma, which yeah. I mean was a fun game to watch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess so normally what we try to do is go through play by play, but there's not really a play by play for this game available online that we, I wasn't able to find one where you, I can find you guys. one. No. So, I mean, we'll talk about some specific plays, but I guess uh, just generally, since this is such a different era of basketball, um, I would just like to kind of talk about talk about it from that perspective. Um, for one thing, there's no shot clock. What? It's who on so earth thought that was a weird. good idea? Like, I just don't understand. Like, they they said early in the game. Not sure if you guys caught this, but they said there's no shot clock in the NCAA playoffs. So apparently they had instituted it for the regular season at that point. That's what I thought yeah, the implication that was meant. The first or second year, I looked up the rules. There's actually, I'm trying okay. to remember what website it was, but there was a good list of like when different rules got added for college basketball. Uh, the uh, next season, okay. 1986 would be the first with it and like enforced for regular season and postseason, And it would be a 45 second shot clock, which is <laughs> yeah. crazy Ooh, by like, modern standards. Yeah. And along those lines, like, yeah, three pointers weren't even a yeah, thing. No. I mean, there were in some bad. conferences, I think, okay. in '85, but yeah. the NCAA tournament didn't have until '87. Which I guess the NCAA was just the Wild West or something. I was confused because, like, the three point line is there on the court because From the it's NBA. the Mavs court. Um, so you're so I'm watching it and like probably I it's probably embarrassing to admit this but it, it took me like 15 minutes of game time to just finally be like you know what I'm gonna look this up because literally no one is taking a wide open jumper I had to look it up right. it was so weird seeing someone go with like transition basketball or like drive down the paint and kick it out to like a 15 foot jumper I'm like yeah. that's right nobody would do that now right and and one thing I noticed too was even after I looked up so the three-point line wasn't officially added to all NCAA games until the 86-87 season, like you said, Josh. Some people are still mad about it today. Uh, <laughs> um, but so this is what they this is what they mean when they say the old-fashioned three-pointer, I guess, when you when you get the and one, right? But 
Um, we actually saw that. But anyway, so I'm I'm watching it and just their passing, like they're finding wide open guys who are not even looking at the basket. Like they're just they're wide open, you know, 12, 15 feet out, and they're just looking for the next pass. They're not looking to take a shot. And I'm just like, man, you do not see that anymore. Like even even your uh, centers will take a, sh- a jumper from 12 to 15 feet now. Yeah, it's it was just I, so weird. I guess to be fair, Carl Malone started the game five for five with all of his shots coming from like outside 15 feet. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he was the start of that wave. Yeah. And then also to go the other way, uh, just another one of these rule quirk things. Uh, just about 10 years before this 85 tournament, dunks were made legal again in college basketball. They had been illegal Oh, for several what? decades. They yeah. took them out because of those Houston teams. It was so, what? oh man, this goes so deep. You, Why if, would you take this is a sidebar, up? but whoever's listening or Evan or Nathan, if you want to read about the Houston teams that lived off dunking and like dunking got banned, it, wild reads on Wikipedia. Yeah. 1967, 68 season. The dunk is made illegal during game and during warm up, And then what? in 67, sorry, 76, 77, it was made legal again. I don't like know. I, I know. I know that like the NFL gets called the no fun league because they like ban things like celebrating will. and stuff. But but like I can't even imagine watching basketball without even the threat that there might be an alley oop. Right. Like I just need that there. <laughs> and so I guess so. You said ten years before is when they added dunks back in. Yeah, it was just about so ten like, years. So like the Dunkin Dog branding, which I did see on their uh their like warm up suits they were wearing on the um sideline or the bench players were wearing like those little polo shirts um they said dunkin dogs on them so like that branding must have been pretty new to kind of like say hey we're fun like fun is allowed again <laughs> uh i need to issue a uh retraction it wasn't houston that got them banned it was a uh, ucla's uh star player uh lou alcindor um uh, also known as kareem abdul jabbar yeah that's why they stopped dunking oh uh, oh yeah, my dad I, said he doesn't play defense very well. Airplane reference. Anyway. I, I was going to keep going with the airplane <laughs> okay. references, but you called it out. <laughs> oh man, don't don't call me Shirley. Anyway, um, so let's let's talk about the game a little bit here. Who were Tech's starting five on the floor? Yeah, all right. So if you had to guess one player, or, it would well, be Carl the, Malone. or well, the other four, because we know the one. Yeah, yeah. I have under the roster and the notes. I have Carl Malone, comma duh. Because hey, oh, I was talking about Willie yeah. Simmons, but okay, yeah, Carl Malone. I guess he's yeah, yeah. So we we do have Willie Simmons, who is taller than Carl Malone, so he's got <laughs> that going for him. He has two inches on him, uh, but over the season has about Heck. half as many rebounds with centers. Yeah, a six foot ten center for Tech. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Then we have a speedy. Wait, no, Wayne Smith at guard. <laughs> mm. uh, he is not the best shooter, but he had he led the team in assists pretty handily. Whoa. Wait. This Wait. thing does go pretty deep, Josh. You're right. We're going to build a clone chamber. <laughs> Maybe that's why Tech didn't win this game. He didn't give him the chance for the putback. <laughs> then the other guard is Alan Davis. Him and forward Robert Godbolt are two of the better free throw shooters on the team. What a good name. Though, <laughs> Godbolt. Godbolt. Sounds like an energy drink. <laughs> and then the we Greek energy that. drink. <laughs> and lightning on the bottle. Yeah. And then we have center Willie Simmons, like Evan alluded to who was two inches taller than Malone, and that's the only note I have for him. Uh, then only two of their bench players made an appearance for Tech. Both of them, or at least the first one, made a huge uh, 
Oh yeah, appearance big impact. Willie Bland. Willie Willie Bland was he phenomenal was, in this he was game. Playing great. I was pumped. Over the course of the season, he had the best uh, field goal percentage of any player on the team. Wow, unsurprising after watching this game. Yeah, more surprising about why he's on the bench so yeah. often. But and then also guard Adam Frank made an appearance for a couple minutes and then went back to the bench to keep it warm. Good and job. That's Tech's roster. Yeah. And and Oklahoma was the same way. Tech only played seven. I think Oklahoma only played six. I think eight. No, eight. it was eight. Yeah, you're right. It was eight. Two, yeah. Yeah, two but players only, only because, played one minute. Only because they had to because uh, a couple players fouled out. So they, they were kind of forced. I, I remember with 20 seconds left in the game, they had to put in a brand new player that hadn't played yet because uh, someone fouled out with like 18 seconds to go in overtime. You know, Sean Clark and, Cl- and Chuck Watson, who have one minute played each and no other stats. Right. Adam Frank at least had the courtesy. Tech's eighth or seventh guy at least had the currency to miss two field goals. Got to put something <laughs> on the stat sheet besides but minutes. Made two free throws, so I guess that's what matters. Yeah, speaking of free throws, I guess, one of the first things they say in this game, I think uh, someone pointed out on Twitter, too, a few minutes ago before we started recording, they say very early on that Louisiana Tech is not a very good free throw shooting team, which uh, is kind of funny in modern context. <laughs> right. They said like 65%, and I was like, that sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but then Tech made their first 12 free throws in this game. It was crazy. Yeah. I was losing my mind. And every <laughs> single time they were like, they've made every single free throw so far. And I'm like, dude, shut up, man. Yeah, you got to stop on. talking about it. Is this before jinxes were a thing? What are you doing? Yeah, at one point, Courtney's like, are you knocking on wood? And I think I was just subconsciously knocking on just- wood. <laughs> like, this game happened so long ago, but still, it's 35 um, years ago. Real quick, before we get too far away from it, talking about rosters, it was also like, this was another very apparent thing that was like, oh, this is, you know, way before modern basketball. It's like, most of the team's players were all local, like a bunch of Oklahoma boys playing a bunch of Louisiana boys. That's right. pretty much what it was. There was, I think there's maybe one Oklahoma player that was from out of state that I noticed, but man, yeah, very, very locally built team. Tech didn't have a single player from St. Petersburg, Florida. Unfathomable. <laughs> the pipeline. <laughs> Mike um, White would be furious. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what do we know about Oklahoma, the opponent here? I know we already discussed that they beat Tech earlier in the season. That was at a neutral site tournament in Oklahoma City. So we got another neutral site game here. What was going on with them? Yeah, so they're the number four team in the country. They had a very good player who would make himself known in this game named yeah. <clears throat> Wayman Tisdale. Wayman I, I, Tisdale. Good name. But one other note about this Oklahoma team specifically is when I was reading up about this game, Andy Russo, Tech's coach, is kind of upset with Oklahoma for something that happened a few years before this. But we mentioned earlier that the tack was brand new at this point. And like with the baseball stadium that's being built right now, Tech scheduled a big-name opponent to open the building up. And Tech scheduled Oklahoma. And they had a home-and-home agreement or something like that ahead of time. Um, and Russo reached out to Oklahoma's coach, whose name escapes me right now, several times and said, hey, are you still coming? Are we still doing this game? I want to make sure you're not canceling this. And Oklahoma's guy was always like, yeah, we're coming. We're coming. No big deal. And then a couple months before the game started, they received a $4,000 check in the mail, which was the buyout for the game. Ugh. And Andy Russo Yuck. was very upset. And pretty what much a douche. every pregame conference or post or newspaper article about this game, he told that story. And wow. So he wanted to beat Oklahoma for a couple different reasons here. Yeah, so guess who, can you guys guess who came to the TAC to open up the TAC instead? Lamar. Uh, nope. Um, uh, 
ULM. Wait, UL what? You cut out there. Uh, either one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one UL, it, and you know, it was there's it, zero ULs. Well, there's Louisville, but they did not. Uh, come. That's UL. Um, it was ULL, and the final score of that game was forty-six to forty-five, and it was not the Bulldogs that won. So, damn it, man! Why do they keep doing this to us? <laughs> Apparently, we were very demoralized by Oklahoma not showing up. Um, and so we just didn't show up either. That's got to be one of the lowest point totals we've ever scored at in a home basketball game, too, I would yeah, think. Yeah, Jesus. What was 40, it again? 45 to 46. Yeah, I didn't even process that at first. Yeah, that's low. Actually, later that year, there were a couple. We won uh, at home 42 to 39 against Arkansas Jesus, State. Jesus, so. basketball is. Well, this was before the freaking shot clock, so you could just do whatever the hell you wanted for. I don't know if I like wanted. 1980s basketball anymore. <laughs> yeah, skipping ahead, like Oklahoma has the ball with four minutes left in the game and up by, I think, four. And the announcers was just like, they should just dribble the ball around and end the game. It's like, what? You can do what? that? What? <laughs> Why does that make sense for a sport? If I was Why is it player on an opposing team, I would just tackle somebody at that point. It's the soccer strategy of just kicking it between your two. Right. Yeah. Four minutes backs. left in a soccer game. You're like, yeah, they should just dribble the ball around. But like a basketball. This. Yeah. Come on. We know soccer is boring. Basketball is not supposed to be. I'm already getting the hate mail from both Matt and, uh, and oh, Jake gosh. on that one. But yeah. yeah. So this Oklahoma team, they won the big eight. Yeah. This, there was a conference called the big eight back in the eighties. Not related to the fact it was the eighties. They won the regular season and the conference tournament unsurprising of a team that's ranked in the top five and moved on after beating North Carolina, a and Illinois oh, wow. state, and then came tech. So uh, at least from a name brand pers- point of view, a much easier route to this game, but again, yeah. they're the number one te- seed. So you'd expect it. Supposed to mm-hmm. be like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, their star player, Wayman Tisdale earlier. He was the first player in NCAA history to be an All-American, consensus All-American, his freshman, sophomore, and junior years. This was his junior year. Uh, He averaged 25 points per game and 10 rebounds per game, which is absurd in college. Yeah, especially back then. I think they were talking about how he was close to getting good old Pistol Pete's scoring record. They said if he came back for his senior year, he'd be close to it. Yeah, which I'm not sure if he did or not. I don't. Hold on. No, not yeah. Wayman Tisdale music. I don't think that's the same person. Might be though. Ashley Tisdale. No, he he did not. He he went he went to the NBA after that. <gasps> it is the same guy. Shout out Wayman Tisdale. He plays a uh, bass guitar for a smooth jazz band. Oh my gosh. <laughs> New This guy song. is cool as hell. We gotta get him and Nick Isham to do a song together. <laughs> <laughs> he was anyway. his number two overall pick in eighty five. Yeah, and he has jazz records. What a wild person! And Carl Malone has jazz records too. Hey, that's that's a yep. That was an abhorrent joke. I apologize, but it's what our fans have come to expect. One one of them ended up number two overall in scoring in the NBA, (laughs) and the other one has uh, how many years in the NBA? Not a lot. Anyway, (laughs) I feel like we're (laughs) way off track here. Probably. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading his Wikipedia page. He Wayman has Tisdale. one, Sounds two, like a three, four, five, guy. six, seven, eight, nine, ten different albums. Holy crap! One's hey, that was a really good joke, man. That was good. That was good. <laughs> His first album is called Power Forward. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I know what I'm listening to tonight. Please pull up the single from that album right now. 
He reached number four in the Billboard Jazz Albums charts. His first album? Yeah. Is any of this making the show, or are we just... <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think so. <laughs> he has a song called Danger Zone. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, is this like a smooth jazz version of Danger Zone? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> and he plays bass, right? Yeah. You know, Wayman, I may forgive you a little bit for uh, you know dunking all over Tech. Just a little bit. Oh my god, this is so good. Is this Get Down? Wait. <laughs> so wait, does he just play covers of other songs? Yeah, that is Get Down on it. That was so good, though. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. Okay. I'm legitimately impressed. Right. He's better than Nick Isham. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I said he should make a song with Nick Isham. Okay, so this is the song <laughs> called "Power Forward." None of this is making the podcast. Oh no, all of it needs to. This sounds like it would be like the bumper music for like an '80s sitcom. Halfway to Seinfeld, yeah. This is great. Oh, this man. is great. Am I bumping Wayman Tisdale all day tomorrow at work? I, think I know I am. I am. <laughs> wow, I did not expect to like Wayman Tisdale so much after what happened in this game. I only slightly hate you now. <laughs> yeah, so I guess right. I'm stalling. Let's actually talk about the game <laughs> itself. Like we had said earlier, Tech, one of the things they're very good at early on is shooting free throws, and Carmelo also makes a huge impact in the game especially early on i feel like there was no stopping early game carl malone he was fantastic there was i i just malone was in the zone i was surprised by the game plan at first that i I was just honestly coming into this i was expecting malone to be dominant inside right so i was i was expecting him to be driving the paint or not i was just expecting him to be a bully in the paint basically uh grabbing rebounds which he did end up with a lot of rebounds but at first, like I said earlier, he he made his first five shots all from like baseline jumpers from like twelve to fifteen feet out. It was um, so weird to watch. It was just like catch a catch a pass and just like turn and shoot. Which again, now that's not necessarily that surprising that a big man can shoot from that far away. But like back then, the announcers were like, "Wow, Malone's hitting from," and they're like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that." So. Uh, yeah, neither was I. Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch without a three-point threat where it's not worth really guarding a perimeter. It just ended up with a jumble of masses inside where he got those open 14-foot, 16-foot shots because there were nine other people standing basically in the paint. Not quite, but it it got pretty busy down there. It got real ugly at times down in the paint. Yeah, not fun to watch. One player that kind of stood out to me in that mess of of limbs and torsos and everything else was uh, Simmons for tech, the center early on. I kind of thought like, Oh wow, this, I didn't really know anything about him. I knew about Carl Malone, but he was grabbing rebounds. He was making shots. He was attempting blocks and then always getting called for a foul on them, which is why he was kind of limited uh, in this game. I think, cause he got two quick fouls on two meh calls. Yeah. One of those fouls called on him was like, he got straight ball. And I guess they said his, like he he jumped with one arm up in the air. I guess they thought his bottom arm hit the guy's shoulder or something. I have no idea what that call was, but 
Um, in the first half, to me too, it, it really felt like the refs were letting them play. And then in the second half, they were just like, they couldn't get their whistles out of their mouths basically. Yeah. But um, see. yeah, I thought Simmons was impressive. And was he the one that kept doing the hook shots? Yeah. Oh, yep. those were fun to watch. Nobody, we need to bring those back, man. Nobody really takes advantage of those anymore. I, I want like, a big shooting center because uh, one of my bolded notes is uh, Malone is automatic with the J. There it is. <laughs> it, and he was. Yeah, Tech and Tech used that to control the game early on, even though they never gained too much of a lead. But it's really kind of hard to tell how much of a lead they had without a score bug on the screen to tell us what the yeah, score in gosh. time. Yeah. Uh, thank God for the modern shot. Well, not shot, just the modern broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, at one point when they go to commercial, Tech is up 26-22. They say later in the game at one point Tech was up 24-16, which was like, okay, that's I'm glad I know this now because I didn't know it back when they were up 24-16 to what the score was. Right. Yeah, early in the game it was really going all Tech's way. They were shooting like 65% from the floor compared to like 45% for Oklahoma to start out the game. But then like right after they, they showed those percentages on the screen, kind of everything flipped uh i want to say that 24 to 16 lead was pretty early maybe even like 10 12 minutes um left on the clock and then the whole rest of the half tech only scored four points so yeah it was once... uh gosh it was rough to watch there that the, the like second quarter of the game was just like brutal to watch if you're a tech fan once oklahoma got their first lead they got their first lead at 243 left in the first half which that's a long time to you know for them to get lead but they were on a roll once they got that lead yeah you know they weren't going to stay down long they're a number one seed for a reason you knew this was going to be a game this wasn't going to be a rollover and die like ohio state or whoever it was the week before pittsburgh <laughs> pittsburgh yeah and i was the, thinking illinois that's not right the one uh the one thing the announcers pointed out which i'm not really a a, a deep basketball guy so like i don't notice what defense people are playing and stuff like that but they said that um after their big man got two fouls fast, Oklahoma's big man got two fouls fast, they swapped to a zone from man-to-man. So they were playing man-to-man and trying to trying to basically stop Malone from getting inside, which was working, but he hit, was five for five from outside jumpers. So was it working or was it not working? I don't know. Uh, but then they swapped to that zone, and it just kind of really messed everything up for Tech. Um, like I said, they only scored four points the rest of the half and just – Really, the whole rest of the game, it, it seemed like they didn't get their stride until they started breaking that zone by just pounding the paint late in the second half. But, you know, they still had a bunch of open looks. I have here in my notes that they're just missing everything. Just like a lot you know, of they went, from, they went from shooting 65% to shooting like 35% by the end of the half overall. Right. So it was just like, man, what the hell happened to you guys? Yeah. And that carries over into the second half, too. Tech just can't make baskets to save their life they're doing fine in transition but i think there was two or three times where they got a turnover got the ball down and either turned it over or missed the shot when they Just got the missed ball over. A layup yeah. Or, yeah i mean gosh and and knowing what we know about how this game ends like you just it's just like man we we need those points right yeah, yeah. there was so we many just times. hit a couple of those it, yeah. it's kind of like that that moment in the A&M game when you're watching it back and you're like, man, that blocked field goal that they returned for two or blocked extra point that they returned for two points sure would have been nice. Right. Like, man, that RP Stewart (laughs) in in hindsight, it's just like, ah, dude, you were wide open. Just like take an extra second to, to not fumble the ball out of bounds. Right. Like, I, I don't know. There were, there were a lot of moments in this game where it's just like, 
dang, if if that one thing could have gone a slightly different way, maybe the whole game could have been different. But a little too yeah. late to change things. I think um so we talked about free throws earlier, but I I have my second half notes. It's like we were at the line, they were saying, you know, that we hadn't missed a free throw all night and we were ten for ten and twelve for twelve after that. But then the next two trips to the line, we missed like all like four free throws missed in a row before we got our next one. Yep. It just kind of mm. fell apart at points. I think late in the game we missed the front end of a one and one too, which Ugh. oh yeah, it was Godbolt too, who they kept saying yeah. was our best free throw shooter. Uh, yeah, by by best he did shoot 79 percent on the season which is yeah pretty good and he did I mean, hit two really, really big ones in overtime or maybe right before overtime too but yeah so I, we haven't mentioned the score here in a while so it was 32 to 28 at halftime oklahoma led and they had all the momentum like i said i mean i don't know the exact time but tech scored four points in maybe like seven or eight minutes of basketball to close out the half um which was some of Oklahoma's defense, some of Tech just going completely cold. The second half started, though, and Oklahoma jumped out to a a quick 10-point lead, and it felt like they were just going to run away with it for a minute because Tech was still just not making their shots, right? So I felt like I was like, how do we get back into this game? Like, I, I know that the score, I know that it ends up going to overtime, but, like, how at this point? We're not making any shots. Yeah, I mean, that was my thought, too, was... It's the same thing yeah. with the AM game where there are times where it's like, I know how this game ends, but I can't imagine a way that this game gets to that point again. Yeah. I think at some point in the second half, Tech switched to a, a man-to-man defense. And I don't know if it was a, like an actual full court press, but it was a lot more. I mean, it was probably a full court press. I noticed mm. a lot of Tech players, you know, in the backcourt when OU was inbounding the ball after a score. And it was just a lot, a lot of good defense, I guess, or OU started missing some shots, you know? Yeah, and skipping ahead a bit, Tech really does start playing that full court press once they start gaining momentum, and especially no shot clock. You have to uh, play defense the entire time because you can't force them to. Oh man, it's a little bit later. But there was a beautiful steal and slam at uh, I think it was like four minutes and twenty five seconds left in the game by number three. I think I have on here, and I, I don't know who that is. I don't have the roster pulled up, but it was it was like I was like, oh, I'm just watching Mike White basketball right now. Oh yeah. That full court press, yeah, like you said, Nathan, it, it came in a little bit later when the game was kind of on the line. Um, but so Tech, like like we said, Tech was down by 10 uh, for a little bit there at, at the beginning of the second half. And I thought the game got a little chippy for a second. Did you guys notice that too? Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. there was a little I animosity I, I over a little from, of... uh, from Coach Russo there telling him to <laughs> – like at, at one point um, – gosh, I don't remember which player it was. It was probably Simmons – like got tangled up with an Oklahoma player and they both kind of got in each other's faces and, and Malone had to jump in and push them both away. Yeah. Um, it was after the fouls whistles and stuff, they were getting a, getting into like, they were getting into some scuffles a little bit. Yeah. I noticed too, that Carl Malone was basically non-existent at least offensively for the first five or so minutes of this half. And I thought that was gonna, weird. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta get him involved inside. Like now, please. Yeah. Listen um, to the post game. Maybe was it the halftime or the post game interview with the coach i think i remember where it was exactly but he had mentioned the fact that they realized carmelone was killing them and so they had to take out carmelone and so they were their whole defensive strategy at that point came around make sure carmelone doesn't get the ball or if he does he doesn't have a clean shot and every every time he touched the ball inside like all four or they had four or five dudes closing in on him so yeah yeah i will say carmelone kind of underrated passer he always seemed to find an open man though 
coming yeah, like when he, he had was, to pass out of the post. He was he was good at hitting somebody. He was making some really really good passes, especially out to uh, to Allen Davis and then um, and Willie Bland. Yeah, I mean those guys were huge in the comeback, uh, which which happened right around you know the ten minute mark or so. Tech started to claw back into the game. Allen Davis made three buckets in a row for Tech. And then finally, Robert Godbolt made his first bucket. Um, I, I don't have the the time here, but it was somewhere around 10 minutes left in the game. And he was one of Tech's best scorers on the season, and he hadn't made a shot yet. So Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, but um, at one point, there was some fast break basketball going, and both teams were stealing and going out on the run. But then both teams missed their shots, which was pretty funny. Uh, there, there were just two like point blank layups that were missed that were wide open. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, yeah. And it kind of mirrors so, later in the game too, where there's both teams like back to back at one and ones from the foul line and miss the front end of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there are times in this game where neither team feels like they want to win the game. Right. Yeah. Man, like once again, it's so weird to watch them on a fast break and then just drive to the paint and kick it out like 12 feet and not to the, you know, the perimeter of the three point line because that's not a three-point line for them that's just oh, a yeah, spot line on the on court. The yeah and, and when they do kick it outside they're like literally there's no chance they're going to take a shot right so they're just immediately looking for the next pass and i noticed the passing the passing for tech was pretty crisp like they they were moving the ball around really effectively at times yeah i mean you can tell that they were coached fundamentals yeah yeah i think i think you know uh, what, not knowing a ton as someone about who the watches basketball of, they were coached <laughs> fundamentals <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Not knowing a ton about the history of basketball, like to me, the the game now is a lot more about like personal or or individual skill and and feats of talent and stuff. So like you kick it out for a three point shot, and that player is a really good outside shooter. But like at this time, other than Carl Malone, like being just able to do things that other people weren't, like most of the guys seem to be willing to pass and and willing to find the best look. Right. And I know that's still part of the game now. I'm not saying like, take me back to the eighties. Like that's obviously, I don't think that I want a shot clock, please. (laughs) Um, But anyway, (laughs) yeah. So, so tech pulled within four 56 to 52, about nine minutes left in the game. And then Tisdale, the star player for Oklahoma picked up his fourth foul. And so he had to leave um the game for for quite a while i think he came back around like three or four minutes left but he was off the floor for a good for a good chunk of time yeah i mean four fouls that will do that to you you gotta protect him especially in a close game like this you never know if you'll need him at the very end of the game like they did Uh, (laughs) (laughs) can we play some more of his smooth jazz please oh man (laughs) um just have that as background for the rest of the episode Man, let's cry, see what else. Cry and be happy at the same time. Um, oh, there was a uh, a great almost alley oop to Malone towards the end of the second half that he just he missed. I guess he caught it too low, and that that hurt me. That really oh, yeah. hurt me. I really wanted to see one of those a Carl Malone alley oop. Oh. The very beginning of the Dunkin' Dogs. Yeah, and again, it's hard to like say when these things happened in relation yeah. to each other. There's no no clock on no the clock broadcast. But, but at one point, we're getting close to the end of the second half now. About a minute and 11 seconds left. Tech is starting to rally, starting to get close back in. This is, again, when the announcers are saying they just need to wa- kneel the ball out, more or less. Oklahoma does to to keep Tech from crawling into it. 
But on the inbound, Oklahoma's called with a five-second violation, which is a turnover, gives the ball back to Tech. Tech, that's when Tech gets fouled and their best free throw shooter goes to the line and misses the front end, Ugh. gives Oklahoma back the ball. Then Oklahoma sends their free throw shooter to the line and he also misses the front end of the one and one. And then finally, Tech ties the game yeah. due to, what was his first name? Willie? Willie Bland. Yeah, Willie Bland tied the he game was, a couple times in this stretch. He was excellent he was very late good. in the game. He had a steal and a dunk with like three minutes left. He tied the game. I think uh, that was my note for the number three, the steal and the slam. Yeah. Yeah. It's bold um, on my notes. In the last it, five it was minutes, awesome. Last five minutes of the second half and in the first like thirty seconds of overtime, he had a ten point run. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. I mean Willie Bland was excellent in this game. And I note I had in my notes here that um Carl Malone didn't didn't do much down the stretch in terms of offense, but he did have some key rebounds and steals. Um, or I guess he wasn't actually credited with a steal, but there was like a turnover that bounced straight to him um, there with like between one and two minutes left to play in the game. Um, yeah, then then Godbolt went to the line with 50 seconds left after David Johnson fouled out for Oklahoma, uh, but he missed that one and one. And uh, yeah, so then so then Bland tied it with 15 seconds left and Oklahoma drives down and misses a shot with about four seconds left. And then oh, Tech man. drives and gets to half court and takes a shot, and it was no good. So oh, it was! Ugh, I would have loved it, to win it on the buzzer beater. It there. bounced off the top of the backboard, but it wasn't as close as the Iona one. Yeah, no, to going in. It was set up perfectly for like a buzzer beater win for Tech, but it just it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, and it, it heartbreaking there, and you know, it's only going to get more heartbreaking from there. But yeah, it close shot. I mean, it's half court. Really, you're just happy that the game is tied at that point. After being down multiple scores near the end of the game, you're just, okay, cool. We're going overtime. We got this. But Oklahoma, again, started overtime off with control of the game. They didn't really seem to lose a step. So uh, something they uh, they showed at the broadcast, it was like right at the start of overtime, they showed uh, the difference in scoring for the backcourt, which is the guards. The yeah, Texas tech, guards outscored OU's 38-14. to 14. But the game was tied. So and Carmelo right. is not a guard. Carmelo is not a guard either. And they, I guess that front court, which I guess Wayman Tizzo was their power for, like they must have been. I mean, they were on fire that second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tisdale really showed why he was a uh, an All American there in the second half. Um, and they they even noted like at one point they had uh, Tisdale and Malone's stats up, and they were like identical, except they said you know. Tisdale's stats are all in the second half and Malone's stats are all in the first half. So, um, yeah, I mean, really, that that's the story there. Tisdale ended up with 23 points in the game. He led all players. Um, and then uh, Chu Kennedy, Daryl Kennedy is his... Uh, Daryl Kennedy played very well. Yeah, he, he was really good as well. I think he's the one that fouled out with 18 seconds left in I think overtime. He sh- I mean, this is skipping to like end of game stats, but I think he was shooting at like seventy something percent. Kennedy sh- shot seventy three percent. So did Anthony Bowie too for Oklahoma. Tech's best shooter in this game was Alan Davis, who shot sixty percent, and uh, Wayne Smith, Tech's guard, uh, the guy who's not speedy, shot eighteen percent, two for eleven. Oh, Willie Simmons was three for eleven. That's that hurts. I guess actually Willie Bland was the best shooter coming off the bench. He was in a different category. He shot 64%, seven for 11. So, okay. So let's, let's start overtime here. Uh, We have to, they they said, 
they started out the overtime by saying that if you're a tech fan, you got to feel good about this because tech yeah. has won eight straight overtime games. And I was like, well, that's why we're about to lose you asshole. <laughs> I'm but, like, well, I don't know what that feels like now, but uh, right. <laughs> must've been great back then. But yeah. So as Nathan alluded to earlier, Willie Bland started out with the first points for tech in overtime. And he was on a, a 10 point streak since five minutes left in the second half. So, um, but then, and I think this is key. Malone gets his fourth foul early in the overtime period. So he basically stops playing defense inside because he doesn't want to get that fifth foul, which I mean, I don't have any like specific notes where he like doesn't play defense, but you definitely noticed, or I definitely noticed anyway, a change in his, in his presence inside. Yeah. It seems like he missed out on a lot of uh, second chance points second chance points on the offensive end too because maybe he wasn't yeah trying to bully his way in as much and i get it and i'm sure that was coached right like dude we need you in the game because you you want your best player on the court in overtime in the sweet 16 right like that's which also side note i don't know that they called it the sweet 16 yet because i never saw that they never referred i never saw that yeah so that's kind of interesting i wonder when that started some internet historian come uh bring this up to us Yeah, so I mean, the the overtime, though, honestly, the flow of it's kind of hard to get into because it was pretty much back and forth. But then Oklahoma scored two in a row to make to make their lead four uh, about halfway through. And then Tech was just trying to come back from that. Oh, Malone got a, a big uh, they didn't call it a charge back then. He drawed a he drew a big charge oh, in overtime there. They called it it's like, like an offensive foul or something. Player player control foul or something yeah, like something. that. Something, but yeah, he just Super he stood there and just got trucked by a guy trying to dunk. Yeah. To answer the bigger question, though, CBS commentators started using the Sweet 16 phrase in the late 1980s after the tournament hmm. field expanded from 53 to 64 teams. 53. So, yeah, that's what, what it says. Um, the, is it, you, you just good? give the, the, the AP <laughs> number one a buy all the way till the end. I don't. What? <laughs> It continues, though, real quick. Unfortunately for the NCAA, the phrase, both using the numbers and spelled out, was trademarked by the Kentucky High School Athletic Association in 1988 as a handle huh. for its annual championship tournament. And then huh. they chose to bargain with NCAA rather than litigate the use of the phrase. Huh. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Power to the Kentucky whatever, whatever. Like, don't sell out to the man. Come on. <laughs> anyway, Oklahoma was up four with about 247 left. And then Tech was kind of down four, down two, down four, down two. So Carl Malone hits a shot with 45 seconds left and then goes down and draws that charge that Josh referred to earlier. And that's that happens with 35 seconds left down two. And Malone has four fouls. So if they call that on him, he's out of the game. Luckily, they called it on whoever the uh, whoever the Oklahoma player was. And uh, and yeah, like. Like Josh said earlier, that was a really hard hit. I mean, he slid all the way past the basket, basically, on his it, back. So it took some time to get up, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did eventually get up, but it took him some time. And then, so the next thing that I have in my notes is that the fifth foul on Chu Kennedy was called with 18 seconds left in the game. So he's out of the game. And Tech's going to the line for a one-and-one, and it's Godbolt again, our quote-unquote best free-throw shooter who had missed a crucial one and one earlier in the game. So I was a little nervous, uh, even though this game happened, what, 35 years ago. But he hit him. So the game was tied with 18 seconds left. 
Yeah, and then Oklahoma yeah. inbounds the ball, heads across oh, half court, does some passing back and forth, gets the ball into the paint, shot put up, and uh, rather than describe it, let's listen to the game audio really quickly. Do we have to? Sooners and Bulldogs tied at 84. McAllister's been looking for that shot. He's not been able to hit it, but they uh, want to get it to Tisdale down on the blocks. There you go. Oh, two seconds left. Louisiana Tech has called timeout with two seconds left. That ball hung on the rim for a full three seconds before it fell through. Oh, it hurts. I mean, it, okay. So he said it hung on the rim for three seconds. It literally bounced on all four corners of the rim. And I mean, like the actual use of the word literally was on the rim for three seconds. <laughs> it, yeah, but they they went back and looked at like that is the, not the time expiring. And they're like, you can watch it count down as it sits on the rim and bounces <coughs> around. It, it is painful. I would and not Tisdale watch it. Tisdale was triple you. teamed. And he just was clutch. Yeah. I, I would just like to go back to smooth jazz Tisdale and like <laughs> leave this Tisdale behind and just never think about him again. Uh, <laughs> uh, gosh. So when that shot left Tisdale's hands, there were five seconds on the clock, which is a lot of time in basketball, especially when you can call timeout um, a couple times. Tech, I think I think you only need 0.8 seconds to catch and shoot. Yeah, and back then they didn't even have tenths of a second at their disposal. So basically if there was any time left, there was a full second. So yeah, I mean, three of the final five seconds, 60% of the game at that point was taken up by the ball bouncing around on the rim, uh, which just feels like a Tech way to lose. For some sure reason, does. and then I mean, by that point, two seconds is still time in basketball, right? So they call timeout, talk it over, and come up with a pretty nifty little inbounds play to to get the ball down court and call another timeout. So yeah, I guess um, calling a timeout back then after the shot, like you couldn't, it wouldn't put you at half court like it does now. Yeah, I guess they probably like put in that rule to to kind of take care of situations like this because Oklahoma basically was going to let them pass the ball in because they didn't want to foul. Right. So yeah. they weren't going to get in Carl Malone's way. So, so the inbound pass, I'll describe it real quick was it was like an overhead, you know, football toss to the top of the key to Malone who then hands it to uh, what's his name? Wayne Smith um, hands it to Wayne Smith who calls timeout immediately. The buzzer sounds and Oklahoma starts celebrating but the referee that was standing right there very clearly had his hand up in the air and was very clearly from the very beginning giving the timeout. So I, time. I was like, because I didn't actually know how the game ended. I, I didn't know if it ended right there or if we got another chance at it. So I was just kind of like, oh, my God, is that how it ends? Like, that's the worst ending of all time. <laughs> oh, that, turn and shoot card. that would be awful. Um, but, I mean, what ended up being the ending wasn't much better, was it? Yeah, no, Tech inbounds the ball on the good side of midcourt. Tried to do an alley-oop. Was that Carl Malone going up for it? Um, Yeah, yeah, it was Malone. I, I think I think the idea was he was just supposed to tip the ball and try to knock it in, Um, which there was only one second on the clock. And without, the, without the replay and stuff that we've got now, like it's basically just all in the eye of the beholder of the ref, whether or not the shot got off in time. So like even if you did a catch and shoot, it – they might just be like, yeah, no, you didn't do it, you know? So I, I get the play, but Malone was boxed out by like three dudes because I think they all figured. I mean, really, we it's, gonna... there's one guy I mean, they're going to give it to Malone. It's one guy yeah. boxing out. It's every number 23. He's a very tall guy. 
He's a huge human. With I have one that in my arm and almost gets it. It, it almost works out. It, it gets a lot closer than I would have thought of. Yeah, I think he did tip design. it. Yeah, I think he did tip it. So, I, I mean. And then I have to watch Oklahoma celebrate again. So I'm going to go ahead and pause that and head back to this. <laughs> Man, I would still kill to lose in the Sweet 16 at this point. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It would probably like bald me, Josh, but I would just, do it. You just damned us to never win a Sweet 16 game. I hope you know that. Probably. We will always lose if we make it there now. <sighs> well, it seems like a pretty big F at this point. Yeah, eh, true. I guess I'd take that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we had quite a bit of sadness discussing this game. So let's finish on a higher note because probably the best part about watching this game was watching some really cheesy, hyper-local Oklahoma television commercials from the 1980s. There oh, were so God. many, so many commercials for dip yeah i just what <laughs> for like tobacco yeah for chewing tobacco yep oh wow i must have been zoning out during those because i don't remember i just remember the cheesy car ads which i mean car ads are awful still what so. that lowest interest rate of 8.8 percent for that yeah, nissan what? dealership what the hell is that <laughs> what were y'all doing in the 80s man also <laughs> the first car commercial was for oldsmobile i was like oh, yeah, that's oh, right God. oldsmobile used to exist I guess same with Pontiac. They also advertised. Bring back yeah. the GTO. But the first Gosh. ad I want to play really quickly is from a local Oklahoma restaurant that their jingle has been stuck in my head since I watched this game last night. Mine too. Tonight's the night for a special way to dine. It's barbecue time at the Oklahoma line. The view and the barbecue are second to none. Ooh. It's country style Ooh. for everyone. Yeah. Seconds on ribs. Sounds like Wayne Tisdale needs to cover this song. Yeah, really. It sounds like Oklahoma's take on a second line. So you're full, but no dinner is complete without homemade ice cream. A very special treat. Tonight's the night for a special way to dine. It's barbecue time. I can see Freebird jamming on this. Yeah. Just like, like it's not exactly a jingle. It's just like some spoken word over a snare drum. Yeah. Just at the Oklahoma, Oklahoma line. <laughs> One more that uh, made me feel a little uncomfortable because, uh, well, you'll see. Hey, you're going to love Taco Mayo. Taco Mayo makes it taste so good. You get it faster, get it fresher. You can't get it any better. Taco Mayo makes it taste so good. Isn't it great? Taco Taco Mayo. Taco Mayo. Taco Mayo. Taco Mayo. Taco Mayo makes great Mexican food fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I would never never trust Mexican food in Oklahoma. The sexual undertones of that that song about making it fast and making it good. I mean, all right, Taco Mayo. It's called Taco Mayo, and I'm just happy Matt's not on the show. <laughs> Matt's probably made tacos out of mayo before. Oh my like, god! Fry some mayo into a shell somehow. I don't know. <laughs> don't uh, give him any ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's all the ones I captured. But there were there were a few car commercials and a few other places that were just very eighties. Uh, yeah. Very. Yeah, 80s. I, I mean, yeah, I thought the Roland Harper 
commercial that I referenced a while back was super 80s. But no, the, the 80s were not the 80s until now, until 85, I guess. Man, that that yeah. Nissan commercial just, I was like, this, yeah, yep, this is 1985. For that, like, that truck that already looked dinky, even though it was yep. brand new. Like, those, those like, little tiny <laughs> Nissan trucks. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a truck I drove in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. and then the movie previews. Was oh it, my uh, god. I've never seen The Last Dragon, <laughs> but I have to see it now. <laughs> Those to. movies look so terrible. Um I looked this up earlier. Last Dragon came out in 85. It I has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Someone is probably yelling at me for never having seen The Last Dragon, but listen, I was born in 92, okay? Cut me some slack. How did it do at the box office? That's what I want to know here. 33 million? 33 million dollars. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Look, just just the way that those I, I think trailers are just way different now too. Like just just like the way that basketball teams play offense is way different, right? But like they were just like Very come see person. the blah 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 blah. You know, come see the last dragon. He's the last dragon. The last <laughs> dragon. And it's just like, ugh, God, just like trust your audience to know that if you put the last dragon at the end, they'll know it's a movie. I don't know. This is nineteen eighty five, not like nineteen forty. To be honest. Up until they said, I was like, is this a TV show? <laughs> oh, man. So just just to kind of round out the game here, obviously, this was the last game that Carl uh, Malone played for Tech. He ended up entering the NBA draft and was selected 13th overall by the Utah Jazz. Oklahoma went on to lose in the next round to Memphis State, so they didn't make it much farther. Um, this before or after Coach Cal got caught cheating there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was before. <laughs> uh, more final thoughts. Uh, Wayman Tizzle, all out. Good name. Good name. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Kennedy, the 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 bad man from OU. He couldn't miss. That was that was that hurt. Uh, we actually like the stats. All in all, were fairly close. Tech had the advantage on turnovers, but we missed too many baskets and a lot of second yeah. chance points. And OU just shot way better, and it made me sad. And my heart hurt. I, you know what? I would welcome losing in the Sweet 16 and ending the season ranked number eight in the final AP poll. I will take that. That would be great to me. I would be yeah. so happy with that. I mean, that would, I would be, be mad at immediately afterward, yeah. but you know, that would be very, very good. <laughs> Speaking of very, very good, this week's tweet of the week. Nice. Goes to... Were you just waiting for something you could build a transition on? Sometimes, yes. Goes to at the UNT6 North Texas. NTSN, North Texas Sports Nation. I'm not sure what Net the N stands for. Net, Net, North Texas Sports North. North Texas That's, Sports yep. Nathan. Yeah. This so the tweet goes to them. Uh, basically, at F5 Kusarefs tweeted saying, "If you could go back and erase one sports moment from your memory, what would it be?" With a gift from Men in Black. Uh, I know my brother said the 3093 play against Mississippi State. What are you uh, talking about? Meanwhile, yeah, apparently it worked pretty well. I don't remember it anymore either. What did I just say? Hmm? But. This North Texas uh, sports account tweeted an image moments before disaster for the Mean Green in 20, was it 17? 17. 2017, yeah. where Amik Robertson's just about to block the field goal to end the game and give Tech a two-point victory over North Texas, which yep. I'm sure they would like to forget. And even though I just forgot the year, I'm sure I never will. Yeah, he he's and the tweet says, if we win this game, we go undefeated. Uh, which I also doubt. They lost but... to UAB, but... So did we. So we're not going to talk about that very much. 
yeah, to talk about blocked field goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that positive note, that wraps it up for the this episode yeah. of the Go Tick Please Don't Die podcast. Oh, God. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where things will be posted eventually. And the things that are there are still there at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I am soon to be in Texas, Evan. And I'm smooth jazz artist, Wayman <laughs> Tisdale. <laughs> Hell yeah, you are. Take us out, Wayman. Just kidding. Take us out, whatever the song is. Hard to be humble. There we go. <laughs> Jesus, Nate. smooth Nathan. jazz version. <laughs> Do we really deserve to hear hard to be humble after this? <laughs> yes, tech is the best. Go dogs. Woo! I have a note in here to lighten the mood. They cut to the Oklahoma band, and there was a guy playing drum set, and the dude looks like Mick Lovin. It's so weird. I gotta see this. He looks like Mick Lovin. It's or like a cross between oh, Mick wow. Lovin and Matt Gallion. I was about it's to say ridiculous. Matt Gallion. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay, hold on. Oh man, Matt Gallion should be here right now. It's this is your long lost f- father brother. I don't know how old is Matt Gallion. Thirty. 28 i think um yeah it's it's like mc mclovin matt gallion yeah <laughs> um oh man so i mean <laughs> that face is- <laughs>